You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome to the first episode of The Food Code. I am Liz Roman. And I am Becca Chilzenkowski. And we are super excited that we have finally gotten our podcast live. We're doing the damn thing. (laughs) And by the way, if you are offended by language, we are very passionate people about what we do and about what we teach and educate on. So, you know, just don't take it offensively. That's that's one thing I got to say. So I think a good place to start is talking about why we did this. Why did we start a podcast? Why are we branching out beyond just one-on-one coaching? Um, Kind of what is the purpose with this? So do you have anything that you want to state? Absolutely. So I'm really excited because I know there's a lot of mixed information in the market. There's a lot of really good podcasts out there, but they don't necessarily break down more complex topics in a way that is understandable and applicable to your lifestyle. So obviously being a new mom and having taken my own transformation journey, I think it's really important that people understand different type of dietary intakes, different intake levels, what their goals are, and how they can apply what they're learning to their lifestyle. So I think this will be a great place for a lot of people to come for education, but also being able to use the education in this podcast and apply it to their lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also just kind of being able to relate um, is a huge piece because neither of us are perfect. I know I am not for sure. Totally. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that that is okay. Um, and so being able to relate to our stories and our journeys with nutrition and how we got to where we are today um, and just have some fun. I mean, that's, you know, I never want to listen to monotone, boring science. Um, some of you people out there do, you know, bless you. That's, that's what you are there for, um, to help us understand research and such. But I like to have fun. I like to be entertained. Um, and so that is our goal as well. We want to make sure that you enjoy what you're listening to you and you understand what we're talking about. And we think that we're both pretty good at bringing what, you know, higher level nutrition education and knowledge to a more basic understanding level and kind of what's important and what's not. Um, and sifting through that for you so that you just get the best of the best of what's out there in terms of education and knowledge and don't have to deal with all the BS. Yes. And I know, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about our journeys and why we got into nutrition coaching, but just like Becca said, understand that we're not perfect either. We don't have all of this figured out. We do our best every day to show up and educate ourselves further with, you know, mentors and continuous education and constantly doing different research and understanding from clients as well, because you are the people that help us become better at the end of the day. Um, You know, how nutrition is fueling your body, what's making you feel good. Our goal is to empower you to feel good, to look good, and you know never have to do another diet again because mm-hmm. we have both taken our journeys, which we're going to yeah. talk about, um, <laughs> and we want to just help you get away from having to restrict your favorite foods and be miserable in social settings and be mm-hmm. so consumed with 
your diet and um, how, you know, many how many calories. calories. Uh, how many calories in your cinnamon roll? I don't know. Just eat cinnamon roll. Enjoy the cinnamon roll. You know. Make sure all of your other good, your food, you know, is good outside of that, and enjoy your life and not have yeah. to have you know food guilt. And I know that's yes. a thing that a lot of people struggle with, and ultimately that leads to this cycle of restrict, restrict, binge. And yo-yo dieting, you know, we see a win on the scale, so we decide we're going to go and have that thing. Then we say, okay, I have just overindulged in the cinnamon roll. Now I should make the rest of the day suck too. Uh, And then that kind of spirals into the next day and the next day, and you find yourself starting over again and again and again. And we want to help you end that cycle and really break free from the diet cycle. Yeah. It's, It's a nasty one. I think we both found ourselves there. Yes, yes. So let's talk about that. So Becca, um, tell me a little bit about your nutrition journey and why you got into nutrition coaching. Yeah, so I struggled with weight my whole life. Um, I was the fat girl. I I was the fat friend, I should say. You know, like the popular girls that are really pretty and cute, and they have that one friend. I was that friend, guys. I was the chubby one. I was the one that... um, you know, they kept around because I was entertaining because I think I have a pretty great personality, but you know, another day we'll talk about that. Um, and so I, I was very active. I wasn't per se unhealthy. Um, I played sports all through college. I played two sports in college. So I was very athletic and very active, but I didn't know anything about nutrition. And I thought because I, you know, exercised, I could eat Burger King and I could have, you know, three plates of food at breakfast because I worked out a lot and I needed the calories, but I didn't know anything about what I was consuming. Um, We played division three. So like I was not meeting with a nutritionist. I was not, you know, there was very little education around food with our teams. Um, So, you know, fast forward past college and I moved in with my sister in the city in Chicago and I needed an outlet competitively. So I found CrossFit Um, and CrossFit helped fuel that competitiveness in me. And I was crossfitting back in the day before these freaks of nature came out, came out of the woodworks and are just lifting obscene amounts. So I actually got into kind of the competitive scene of CrossFit before it got really crazy um, more recently. So in about 2015, 2016, I went to regionals a couple times. And when I was competing, I wanted to make sure I was doing everything I could to be the best I could. So I found a nutritional coach I will not name names here, um, but I will say that I didn't know any better. And um, the nutritional coach was underfeeding me pretty severely. Um, I was training probably two hours a day, if not more, some days. And I was some days eating less than a thousand calories. Um, my rest days were really low. I, you know, I wanted to be leaner because for the sport of CrossFit, I was a relatively bigger athlete. Um, so I wanted to be leaner, and I'll admit, I was shredded af but um i was really really miserable with food i would not want to go out to eat i was afraid of anything that wasn't calculated and weighed and measured um my life revolved around food and training and i actually lost my period um because i got way too lean and i didn't know any better you know i thought sweet i don't have a period so that's great and it went on like that for about three years um I found different nutritional coaches along the way that helped and definitely fed me more, but I think at no point in my CrossFit career was I eating enough. Um, And so I unfortunately ruptured my Achilles training for regionals in 2016, and my husband and I were planning after that regionals to actually get pregnant and start a family. Um, And so that kind of 
fast forwarded the process after rupturing my Achilles. Um, and so I found my current nutritional coach that I still work with, um, coaches need coaches. Uh, and he helped me kind of fix my relationship with food. Um, he helped me understand that my body needed calories. Uh, I struggled to get pregnant and my husband and I actually ended up having to go through IVF, um, because I still did not have a menstrual cycle. Take some time to fix that kind of stuff. Um, and so through this journey, I essentially wanted to help people not go through what I went through. Um, because unfortunately, how I got results was a very unhealthy way. And it messed me up mentally for a long time. I thought that that was the only way I could eat and keep my results. Um, I thought that I had to weigh and measure all my food for the rest of my life or else I was going to get fat. Um, and so it, I, I'll be honest, the most recently in the past six to 12 months since I had my kid, um, little Carson has helped me realize that there are so many more important things in life. Um, and so, you know, around the time where I was stopping my competitive CrossFit career is when I really got into nutrition and understanding um, the education and cert different certifications I wanted to get and have since gone through lots of different certifications, lots of different education programs, lots of great experience coaching clients. And um, now I'm here working with people to help fix their relationships with food because I don't want people to have to fear food forever. Um, it's, it's a nasty place to be. It's a very sad place to be. Um, and I think that people should be able to enjoy food. They should be able to love their bodies and you should be able to feel great doing all of that. Yeah. So give us a little bit of insight into when you were under eating and over training, mm -hmm. you know, what were your conversations like with your coach at that time? Did you yeah. push back? Um, How did you handle So, that? you know, I, I thought that I took all the blame. I, I wouldn't like, I remember going to the granite games in the elite division, um, in 2015, I think it was, and I performed horribly. I, you know, I, and I thought it was my fault. Like I wasn't lifting heavy enough. My training wasn't, you know, I, it, I, I took all the blame because I was a very much so, um, I didn't know any better and that was my personality. Um, so I did not push back because I was like, well, they're the expert. They should be guiding me in the right direction. Um, and fortunately I found better coaches along the way. Um, that did, you know, guide me in the right direction and help me realize that the things I was experiencing were not healthy. Um, at no point did that coach ever ask, like, do you still have a menstrual cycle? What's your menstrual cycle like? You know, how are you feeling? It was all, this is exactly what you eat. You know, if you go off of this, you're allowed one cheat meal a week. It was just like very, very black and white, black and, white and just like, it was a recipe for a poor relationship with yeah. food. And were you doing macros or was it like a meal plan? It was technically a meal plan. Um, but when I started learning more and more about food, I would calculate it. Um, and I would see how little I was eating. But again, I didn't know any better. And I think I was so deep in this hole of like a fear of going in an opposite direction if I ate any more than that, um, that I just... I, I wouldn't allow myself to. Because you gained, well, you had lost a lot of weight, yeah, right? You know, so at it, your heaviest, before you found CrossFit, where were you at? I was a, I was over 200 pounds. So I'm 5'8", five, 5'9", five, so I'm not sure, but it was not a healthy 200, 205 pounds. And then I got down to 157 before my wedding, which was a very unhealthy skinny for me. 
Um, and now I'm about 167, 170. I don't really weigh myself that much anymore. I think that's where I'm at. And I'm, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And guys, we're going to talk a lot about mindset, emotional eating, confidence, especially as new moms and women and how we feel in our clothes, um, biofeedback measures throughout this podcast. We have a lot of things that we want to cover because to Becca's point, at no point did they ask you anything Mm -hmm. about your health and your biofeedback markers. And for us, um, we'll dive into my story here in a minute. Yeah. That is something we're both very passionate about because of our journey. So when we think about taking a diet journey or a weight loss journey, it is much more than just the food that we put in. Totally. Um, it is, you know, the mindset around it, how we feel emotionally. And you're saying, you know, this was unhealthy. I was almost in fear of food after being someone who had some binging on the weekend or unhealthy relationship kind of swung, Mm -hmm. you know, in the opposite direction from overeating to drastic under eating. Yeah. And, you know, and And during that time when I was severely under eating, I would have binge episodes. It would be normally after a competition weekend or something that was like a pivotal moment where I felt like I could release a little bit and it was never in a healthy way. I would like drink two bottles of wine, eat an entire pizza and be hungover for three days. Like it was, and then I would go back to three months of literally zero alcohol restriction, restriction. And it was this horrible cycle. But I know that yours is a very different story than mine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So why don't you share with them your story? Yes. So Similar to you, though, I was always, I'm going to call it like the thick girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of friends. I was actually homeschooled growing up, but I had I did not of, know that. Yeah. Um, uh. I was homeschooled all the way through high school, and I started some classes at community college. I had a lot of friends at a lot of different high schools in our area. I grew up in Springfield, Illinois, um, and had like different groups or cliques mm-hmm. that I would hang out with. Um, I did play volleyball. I danced. I dabbled in basketball. I was terrible <laughs> at basketball. Let's just <laughs> put that out there. Um, that's one thing that I'm not good at, but I'm also 5'4", so... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't favor. Yeah, but either way, I was always the thick girl, you know, and I was the guy's girl. I've always had a lot more guy friends than girlfriends, mm-hmm. and just never felt like they looked at me as like a beautiful person. You know, they're always talking about other girls, how cute they were and whatever. So internally, obviously I wasn't confident in myself. I was always wearing bigger clothes. Um, I had been diagnosed when I was 11 with children's rheumatoid arthritis, which was part of the issue because then I was put on two steroids, prednisone and methotrexate which caused me to gain a pretty significant amount of weight. And with both of those, it kind of destroys your immune system. So recovering out of that, trying to lose the weight, um, the symptoms were gone from children's RA, but the weight kind of kept taking forever to come off. And so weight has, again, like you, been something I have battled since I can remember. I mean, I don't remember a day in my life that I wasn't on a diet or I wasn't wanting to lose weight or I wasn't you know, in a place where I was just living happy and confident the way that I am today. So that led me to um, another autoimmune condition, fasting forward here. Um, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's shortly after college. However, during college, I did a pretty drastic under eating overtraining diet, very Mm -hmm. similar to you, because I was following Weight Watchers. Now, 
to say that Weight Watchers is a bad or a good program. I'm very neutral on it, right? I lost a lot of weight, but I was not eating enough. I was not eating well-rounded. I didn't understand anything about food. All I knew was what point values each food was. When I looked at food, I didn't see food as a protein, a carb, or a fat, the nutrition facts to it, nutrient values. All I saw was points. So during that time I was in college, I was training a couple hours a day, I would do like step class and, um, you know, be on the elliptical for an hour and then I'd hit the abductor, adductor machines and just sit there forever <laughs> trying to get those inner thighs fixed. Oh um, God, we have such different training <laughs> methodologies. Yeah. So this was like long in, long ago in college. So I was doing that. And then when I got down, my lowest was like 143. I totally went the opposite direction because I had very much like you, you diet forever, you're not eating a lot, you're not going out with your friends, your social life takes a toll, you're going to the gym all the time. Yeah, I felt good how I looked. I mean, I was wearing jeans that, you know, and clothes that I couldn't ever wear before, so that was cool. People noticed, um, so that was a confidence boost, but ultimately that spiraled way back up. Um, I ended up gaining all the way back, plus about 10 pounds, because I got to an unhealthy place with food. Um, where I, again, didn't know what was in food, how much I should be eating. I was just kind of going with whatever sounded good at whatever time. And, you know, then on the weekends with a corporate job, stress eating, emotional eating, going out to happy hour, doing all of those things instead of going to the gym, um, found myself right back at that 203-ish mark. It was just above 200. Um... So yeah, so then I decided like this has got to stop. I looked in the mirror one day and all along this journey, which is hilarious to think about 10 years ago, I became a beach body coach and <laughs> there's so much I'm learning today. Yes. I became a beach body coach. I started doing um, turbo kick because I did have before I left college, I had a really good trainer there. loved her, adored her, started losing weight, you know, again, in the appropriate way, um, but went through a bad breakup and all that came back after. So anyways, she inspired me to become a turbo kick instructor. I never actually taught it, but that was my at-home workout format, along with choking down Shakeology because I thought that was going to be the way to get the weight off this time. So just kind of got to a place where I was sick and tired of dieting. I had tried shakes. I had tried pills. I had tried 21 Day Fix, anything under the sun. And I finally had to come to a realization with myself that if I wanted to be happy and confident in my life, I had to do what I could do in five years from now. So I started changing my habits. Um, I went back to school and started studying precision nutrition. What did those habit behavior change look like? What was important to building a foundation of a solid, healthy lifestyle? And along with that came strength training and doing conditioning. And I love lifting weights um, now, but at that time I was doing more like personal training, kind of like mm -hmm. boot camp type stuff. Um, so I decided to join a gym and actually ended up marrying that guy. <laughs> she totally married the gym owner. Totally she married the girl. gym owner. I'm that girl. <laughs> so yeah, so he had a gym. It was not strength and conditioning what it is today, seven years ago. Um, it was very different than it is today, but that's a different story for another day. And I remember he put me on this freaking horrible, like seven day cleanse, if you will. Oh, art. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm like, no, dude, I'm not going down this quick fix, quick fix path again. I want something, you know, long term. And 
started just continuing to implement those habits from Precision Nutrition. When I was here in the Naperville area, I found out that was, you know, Hashimoto's on the rise through a holistic doctor out in Lamont. So he says, you know, you need to cut out all these things, you're anti-inflammatory, I started studying all of that from a health and a gut to microbiome perspective, what was impacting my thyroid, what was impacting the inflammation, pooping, pooping every day, does your poop smell, all these things that I was having issues with. Pooping is normal, people. Pooping is normal, and we're going to talk about poop on this podcast because it's important. So I just continued studying, and since then, uh, bringing to where we are today, have done, you know, few different courses, Precision Nutrition 1 and 2, their masterclass, which was awesome, started my online business in conjunction of working um, for the gym, met you, and then now we've been doing lifestyle nutrition together for a little over a year, about two years. Two years, almost. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's going to be almost two years in July-ish. So we have a lot of commonalities from an emotional... We both love wine. We both Both love burgers. I love wine. (laughs) Ice cream. and you can understand that that is why the people that we want to work with and the people that we want to help are people that have struggled with their relationship with food for so long now that think that the extreme diets are the only way out because it is not the case. Um, we, and we are, like we said, we are not perfect. We will never admit to being perfect. We still struggle. I still struggle almost on a daily basis with my thoughts about food. Um, it's a constant battle. It's a constant evolvement of trying to better my thoughts about myself and about what I'm putting into my body and all of that. And so that is why we are here. That is why we want to help those that just want to finally break free from dieting and from the stupid shackles that food can put on us and on our minds um, and help people feel good about choosing what they eat and not second-guessing it and not having guilt around food or out not exercising for a day or whatever it might be. Um, Building confidence, too. Just... You know, especially for women, and this applies to men too. Men don't talk about it as much, mm-hmm. the emotional components, but I have a few men that I've worked with that are very much emotional mm-hmm. uh, eaters just as women are. But personally, when I speak with clients, I care more about what you want to feel like, what you want to look like, rather than a specific weight on the scale because the scale can be very deceiving. Um, you guys have heard both of us talk about, you know, where we were, where we are. Now I'm sitting post baby like 155 pounds. Um, not necessarily where I want to be long-term as a goal weight, but I'm also six months postpartum and in a season of maintaining right now, which we'll talk about nutritional seasons at some point in time on this podcast, but giving yourself some grace along the way and the journey and just seeking the confidence and happiness that you want along the way so that you're not miserable, you know, dieting and restricting and going to the gym and really just going 360 degrees and flipping your life upside down into a place that you're not happy and it's not sustainable because then you'll go back to old habits and old ways. So we're happy that, you know, you're here. If that's you, we would love to hear from you and shoot us a DM um, or an email with questions and anything else you want to know about us. We have some fun things we are going to cover though, Yes. because you know, our nutrition journeys and where we are is awesome to hear, but I think there's a lot of other things. So Get to know us a little bit. Take a seat. Grab a glass of wine. We'll tell you our favorite types of wine. Ooh, yes. You want to start with that? Sure. Sure. So I've recently gotten really into red blends. Mm. I love all wine. I do not discriminate. Um, but I like the smoothness of red blends. 
and any wine that doesn't give me a hangover. So if you guys know of wines that don't, let me know because my body does not tolerate. I'll admit this one thing. After having a child, there is zero amount of fun that is worth being hungover mm. with a one-year-old that does not carry your hungover. Yes. And so I've learned this. And so hangovers cannot happen in my life anymore. So if you know of some wines that get you drunk, I'm just kidding, <laughs> that you can enjoy without having the hangover. But my favorite's a red blend recently. What's yours? Okay. I love red blends as well, but personally really like a crisp Pinot Grigio, especially on a warm summer day, even mm-hmm. though we are recording this in the middle of winter. Um, crisp Pinot Grigio. And I have to say, many people might be like, your wine snob, but Cooper's Hawk is my favorite wine. Um, if you're a wine snob, like I'm saying like you might like something better because it's Napa Valley. I'm not, I'm not that fancy. Um, but I don't get hangovers from Cooper's. If I had to go another one, I would say... Sparkling Rosé. We were texting about this yes, on Sunday. We Sparkling Rosé is also one that I could throw down. So yeah. we love wine. Um, How about say, foods that we used to not let ourselves eat? When I was like in the deep mm. of my... This is a funny story. So my husband brings this up all the time. When I was in the deep of my like competing, not eating poorly ever. I shouldn't even say poorly. I wouldn't allow myself to eat certain things. Um, I made an anniversary gift for my husband that had like homemade coupons. And don't make fun <laughs> One of the coupons said, this is good for a burger and beer night, but it is only valid Friday through Sunday for the next three weeks. Because I started training for the CrossFit Open in like February, and I think I gave it to him in September. Oh my And God. so it was like this obscene. So I didn't allow myself. I really honestly like hated going out to eat. It gave me anxiety. And so I love a good burger and fries. Yes. Where love. do you like it from best? Um, you know, I need to branch out more, but Standard Market in Westmont, I think there's another location too, has amazing sweet potato fries. Mm. Um, and DMK Burger is pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Just any good, like, gastro pub. Yes. You know? You guys will have to try Jackson Avenue in Naperville. Okay. They have amazing burgers and also the best sweet potato fries. So we'll have to see <laughs> who okay. wins. Me and I'm take a field or... <laughs> Okay. What about you? Um, mine was pizza. And it was primarily because of the gluten and the dairy kind of, I'm just going to call it, shit storm that would occur. My stomach would hurt so bad. So that was more of, like, a health infl- inflammation yep. um, thing. But... When I was really dieting, I would never touch ice cream. And I love yeah. chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Confession. Like I remember my mom coming into town. They took me out to my um, 21st birthday, I believe. And she always got me a Baskin-Robbins chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream cake for my birthday. And I specifically told her that year, you know, mom, I'm not having these things right now. So she comes up and I love her dearly. Uh, she showed up with a gift box, which she always did, but it was full of Weight Watcher candy. Oh my God. <laughs> because I was on Weight Watchers at the time and I was so crazy. I mean, a scoop, one scoop of chocolate chip cookie dough is only like 150, 180 calories. Yeah. I could have easily fit that in. I just was so afraid because I didn't know how many points it would be. Or would I have enough points or so <laughs> stupid, right? Um, definitely deprived myself of that. So yeah. I love a good chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. 
confession. For the past like month and a half, I've eaten ice cream every night. Every day. I know every you're day. telling me all the time. Every day. It's delicious. <laughs> um, okay. Are you a morning person or a nighttime person? I literally cannot stay awake past 9.30. My body does not do it. I'm Anywhere I am, I fall asleep. And so I would say I'm absolutely a morning person. I love getting up early before everyone's awake, getting work done, drinking coffee, just enjoying peace. Um, so I'd have to for sure say morning person. And I know you're the same. Yeah. I was going to say 100%. I'm the same. I am actually, I've been worse lately, but Marcus's sleep has also been kind of weird. So, um, I sound like such a grandma. I'm usually like eight thirty, nine o'clock. I need to push Nick to do Nick's so bad. Like he, Nick's totally a nighttime person. I'm the morning person. And it's like, it's not putting a stress on our marriage, but it definitely makes yeah. things... I want to go to bed, yeah. like, immediately. Well, you, like, almost have this guilt. Like, I know sometimes Art wants to stay up because he's yeah. just, like, this crazy human that can stay up late but also get up early. Yeah. I don't understand it, but, yeah, you almost have this guilt. Last night we were watching a movie and it ended, so I'm like, cool, it's 8.45. I'm going to go upstairs. And he wanted to keep watching and show The Mandalorians out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's raving about it, right? I'm not a big Star Wars girl, so no. to me, I just don't get it. So I think... I'll go upstairs, do my nighttime routine. I'm going to get into bed. And then I have this guilt that I'm not like hanging out with your husband with him. Yeah, late at night. So I'm working on that, but definitely I'm a morning person. Yeah. So I want to bring this up because I'm sure some of the listeners don't know. What did you do before you are now a nutritional coach? Yes. So previously I was a human resource manager in corporate America and I also worked for Target in HR and for a small stint of time did logistics for Target. That was the worst job ever. But we love Target. We do love Target. We do. But and it wasn't Target itself, it was the logistics gotta be at work at like 3 30 in the I've morning. I've heard of that, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I left there to become a store manager for Bath and Body Works. Mm. And then Target recruited me back to do HR because that's what I was good at with yeah. them. And then got out of retail and went to work in corporate. And I resigned the day that I was getting promoted so that I could go and work full-time at the gym. I had already finished all the nutrition certifications and everything like that. And I was ready to make this a full-time career. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did a, So I did actuarial analysis for Allstate Insurance Company. So I priced property and casualty insurance for Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Illinois. So if your auto insurance went up, I might have done it. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But yeah, I did that right after college um, because I went to school for economics. uh, And I graduated, obviously, trying to just find a job. Um, And Allstate's an amazing place to work. They had awesome benefits, super, super work-friendly environment. All the people were really nice there. I'm still friends with some of them. But... um, yeah, I just I was falling asleep in meetings. I was like so disengaged. I hated it. Um, I will say it helped me learn Excel really well. Um, but I found this huge passion for fitness and exercise and nutrition and dove headfirst into it. And it was the biggest risk I've ever taken in my life because I am not the risk taker. You guys might start to learn that. Um, I'd say Liz is probably more of the risk taker in our in our co-owner relationship. Um, and it was the scariest thing I ever did, but it was the best thing I ever did. And I, you know, went and got a bunch of certifications and tried to find the smartest people I could find to teach me. And yeah, here I, am. I think it's more of like a leap of faith thing. And, yeah. you know, when I was at the conference last week, the impact collective, they were talking about, you know, everybody has fear, even if it mm-hmm. is people who are making thousands of dollars, um, 
you know, very, very successful, they all still have fears. They're just like new level, new devil type thing, right? And they gave a couple of tips and it was like, think about what is the absolute worst case scenario that would happen. Well, I know that you and I are both very smart individuals. We're educated. We could find a job if we had to, you know, knock on wood, lifestyle nutrition is what we want to do for the rest of our life and continue to help people become healthier and get fit. But, you know, in a worst case scenario, we're educated. We mm-hmm. can, you know, we're not going to fall on our face. And so I think that drive really to me comes more from just having a leap of faith and trusting that I just somehow know it's all yeah. going to work out. Yeah. Um, got good people in the corner and there are plenty of people that we need to help. So let's go to, if you could change one thing about the world today, what would it be? You know, I put this question on our little interview sheet and I was like, I'm going to offend someone. Because what I want to change in the world today is that people don't get offended so easily. I just like, I feel like it's making so many issues in the world. And these extreme views where like, you're the only person that's right and you have to push your view on everyone else. Like, I am all about everyone being happy. And I know that that like, in reality, that would never work. But like, I want people to be happy. I think that there can be so many different ways of looking at things. I personally never watch the news. My husband like gets mad at me because I rarely know what's going on in politics because I feel like it's all so negative. And so... Well, it's all negative. And here's the thing. I personally am the same way, but mainly because I don't believe half of it is even true. Yes. You know, there's so many people changing and playing telephone and whatever. Do we even really, will we ever know what the truth is behind that? So I'm kind of with you. Plus it just... Like, it's so negative that it, it makes me sad. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I had someone had on the news the other day at my house, and when they left, I, like, turned it off right away because I was, like, immediately starting to get sad and depressed. It's, like, everything on the news is so sad. And so, yeah, I just want people to be, you know, much more patient with other people and just love everyone and be open-minded and, yes. you know, just... Just be more open-minded about that. Things. You know, Andy Frisella stopped his podcast and started a new one called mm-hmm. Real AF. Yeah. Strictly because so many people are getting offended. But yeah. Because it's interesting. Um, yeah. I haven't listened to the new podcast yet, but... I'll have to check it out. Um, what about you? All right. Ugh, one thing would change in the world. What would it be? You know, I really think people need to just learn to respect other people for their opinions mm-hmm. and their beliefs. So kind of in line with yours, but... Becoming a mom, I've been very shocked with how many people care so much about what you're feeding. Are you breastfeeding? Are you formula feeding? What about this? Are you going to put them in daycare? Are you not? I can't believe that you're not going to tell them about, you know, Santa or whatever it might be. Easter Bunny. You know, it's like all these questions. Guys, he's only six months old. I don't have a lot of answers to a lot of these questions yet. But I will tell you one thing. I really don't give two thoughts about what other people are doing with their children because that's their children yes you know and i just think that we need to embrace the culture Mm -hmm. of you know respecting and valuing various religious beliefs various cultures various traditions and just let people live their life and parent the way that they want to and you know um encourage moms instead of shame them and really embrace the fact that giving life to a child is beautiful and Mm -hmm. you don't have to bounce back. You don't have to have six pack abs, you know, three months after you give birth to a child. It just really, to me has struck a lot of chords because also I remember how I felt when I was overweight and, you know, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin and this postpartum journey, a lot of moms, including myself have had those feelings 
And rather than encouraging each other and just, you know, asking how they're doing, it's always about, you know, are you bouncing back or, oh, you look great or how much weight have you lost or whatever. It's like, how about like, how's the mom doing? Yeah. Or do you have postpartum depression? Is your yeah. child sleeping? You know, what's your mental health like? I don't know. I just think that there is so much in the world related to mom shaming. And it really, to me, honestly, is just disgusting. Yeah. It's being a mom is so hard. Being a parent's hard. Like, we do not need to make it harder on each other by making people feel guilty or judged or pushing any agenda on them. Like, yes. they are doing their best. And honestly, at the end of the day, the one th- someone told me this one time and they were like, all that child needs from you is for you to love it as much as you can. Yes. And that is all you can do. You know, even yes. if they don't have the most amazing toys, they don't have the best clothes, whatever you can provide that child in terms of your love is what they need. Yes. And so as long as you're doing that, you are being an amazing parent. So do not question it. Yes. Um, so here's the one question I kind of wanted to cover because I think that both of us have something to say on it. Mm. What is one common myth about our profession as nutritional coaches and health coaches that you Mm. think should be debunked would you like me to go first sure (laughs) i have a feeling it's similar yeah so one common myth is that we're not educated the same way that registered dietitians are and a lot of this goes to we aren't that is that is true yes it's true that we do not go through the same schooling we don't sit for the same licenses we don't, you know, go through the internship process that they go through, but just very much like um, scientists and experts, you know, in the physical realm don't maybe feel or coach people mm-hmm. um, the same way. Like they have a lot of research. They are very good at studies. They're very yep. good at, um, you know, breaking down the science, but not necessarily the application piece. Absolutely. So the common myth, I guess, would be that nutrition coaches aren't as good as registered dietitians. Um, I guess that would be the the underlying theme here. But if you're a good nutrition coach, you're constantly learning, you have mentors, you're constantly researching, you're able to stay within your scope of practice. We just had this conversation earlier, you know, about a client that I'm saying, you know, this isn't within my scope of practice and I will refer out and I will send them to, you know, registered dietitians or to their physician, whoever Mm -hmm. can help them best help them. Um, I'm not about just trying to get clients for, you know, the money, anything like that. It's like, how can I actually help change this person's life? So while we do not have the same education, we don't have the same license or that RD credential, nutrition coaches, if they're good and they're practicing what they preach by having their own coaches and their own mentors, we can actually, you know, be very smart in the same space. And it's actually starting to get recognized. So there's lots of studies um, that have been done about just health coaches is what mm-hmm. they're calling it because like a, a big umbrella here even mm-hmm. for the mental side as well um you know i think you need to do your research when you're going to work with a nutrition coach 100 yeah. ask credentials uh, Beck and i were happy to share any of ours anytime yep. and what we continue to do and what we plan to do that's one thing you and i have forecasted even as lifestyle nutrition owners you know, we're going to do NCI, we're probably going to do nutritional practitioner, mm-hmm. those types of things. But um, just because that RD, you know, credential isn't there, it doesn't mean that we are not as smart or cannot help people lose weight and yeah. improve their health in their yeah. life. Yeah, we are in the business of helping people. I am not saying that I'm in the business to fix someone's cholesterol or blood pressure. Totally. That is not what I'm trying to do. I am trying to help people improve their relationship with food to understand food better because just because we are not going through four years, five years of schooling for nutrition doesn't mean we don't do 
four years or five years worth of education in other areas and in other aspects that, in my opinion, in some ways are more applicable. Um, and so it is all about experience. Like Liz was saying, there are plenty of people, and I'm sure you know these people, that are very, very book smart. They are great at studying. They are great at researching. They are great at writing papers. They are not great at explaining to people. And so um, I'm in the same boat. That's kind of why I brought up this question is because, you know, Did we're you not... you think I was going to say that? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> we are not here to claim that we are registered dietitians or that we are trying to fix someone's disease. Okay. Um, but with that being said, we have both had plenty of people come to us that have gone to physicians, that have gone to registered dietitians, that have gone to different types of doctors, and those, you know, have failed them. I'm not saying that's all of them. Like I said, that is and never it could have been that particular doctor exactly. or that dietitian, right? It's never a never and always situation. Right. It's a sometimes. And yes. so we are here to help people. We will work for our clients. We will do whatever we can. And like we said, if it is out of our scope, we refer out. We have great people that we can pro- push to resources. I know a bunch of great registered dietitians that I would push to if yeah. it, you know it was a situation where I felt unqualified to address it. And I would be very upfront with my client about that. Yeah. So um, I just want to clear the air around that because I feel like it's unfortunately becoming a very big topic on social media these days. Yeah. But also, um, there's a lot on the you know side of the health coaches. We're actually going to get our own coding soon mm-hmm. to be able to you know be run through insurance and things like yep. that. So I'm excited about Me those too. things. But more importantly, I'm excited about the education that we have coming up um, with NCI, but yeah. also with the health practitioner and some other things that we want to dive into in 2020 from the research side. Never so, stop learning. Never stop learning. 100%. All right, guys. So we are going to finish off here with a rapid fire. <laughs> so the problem is I'm reading these thinking like we're probably going to be the same on a lot of them. Liz and I are very similar. Liz, Liz and I met. A year and a half ago, I feel like I've known her my whole life. Yes. And it's so great to have yes. a friend yeah. that you feel like you've known forever. And to be able to like text each other from a mom perspective, oh my a wife gosh. perspective. Yes. We love our husbands very much, but good oh lord, there are days. Oh my gosh. That just strangle. It's just, <laughs> they're different species. Like, we're not the same. Right. We're not. Yes. But here's yes. the thing coffee or tea? Coffee? Tea? Tea is like a waste. Tea tastes like dirty water, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you that have really enjoy tea, but tea tastes like dirty water. I will cough 100% coffee. Now, on the flip side of that, I will say there are some good teas out there. Teavana, I do love in the summertime, and I actually really enjoy iced tea with orange yes. in the summer. That keeps me from alcohol sometimes, but hands down, especially being a new mom, coffee is life and keeps yeah. me going. Um, all right. Bread basket or chips and salsa? Here's the thing. It depends on what bread basket. (laughs) Because if the bread's warm and soft and buttery, 100% bread basket. But if you're handing me some hard, crusted bread, definitely chips and salsa. Yeah. And am I drinking a margarita or am I drinking a glass of water? Right. I think this depends. And I would say it also depends on the salsa because I love a good salsa um, and guacamole. But if there's a warm bread basket and a glass of red wine, so I don't know. I'm going to say just because I have an obsession with tacos, mine, if I had to pick, one or the other would be chips and salsa. Are you a chunky salsa or a runny salsa? Mm, I'm a spicy salsa. Okay. So, but yeah, like I don't like it too chunky. I like okay. things diced very fine. Got it. Okay. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Yeah, I would say pancakes too, but more importantly, protein pancakes. <laughs> I, you need to, Liz, here's the thing. Liz is the baker. She never gives me anything. I need, 
I need to start trying. Mike is complaining this as well. He wants me to mail him some protein donuts, so I gotta get on that. All right, um, cookies or candy? Ooh, well, again, this is and as nutritional coaches, our answer is always it depends. Mm-hmm. This True. is my answer. It depends. Chocolate chip cookie or oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, specifically pot bellies. Oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, which are slightly undercooked and delicious. Okay, so I'm going to say the Panera chocolate chip cookie. It's mm. like 500 calories. I've never tried. I might need to amazing. try it. Amazing. Mariana's just, also has uh, really good ones. Do they? I don't know. Nick does this thing where he brings home cookies all the time. Rude. And then there's cookies in our house. Rude. It's like he goes to the store for alcohol and cookies. These are the only two things that he brings yeah, home. Yeah, because you won't buy it when you go. I know. Well, it's on purpose. <laughs> Um, all right, what was the last one we were gonna do? Mm. Ice cream or gelato? Ooh, I'd have to say ice cream. I like the heavier cream. Yeah, and I'm gonna say gelato. There's a really good gelato place that opened in Naperville. If you guys oh, live in Naperville, um, I don't remember the name of it, but we will put it in the <laughs> podcast so show notes. The only place I know is now to Naperville is Molly's Cupcakes. So <laughs> that's I mean, that. for good reason. For a good reason, yes. But there are, uh, there's a really good gelato place downtown. So anyways, we hope that you guys enjoyed this first episode. We're going to be sharing a lot around a lot of the topics that we discussed on our journey that we struggled Mm -hmm. with. So emotional eating, the yo-yo cycling of, you know, restricting and then binging or just, you know, not being able to keep your shit together on the weekends. Let's call it that. Um, (laughs) We know that that's a real struggle for many people, myself included. Me too, most times. I mean, you're out of your routine, you have kids stuff, you have family stuff, you're on the go, you know, there's beer, there's wine, there's cookies, there's out to eat, whatever that situation may be. So we're just going to talk through how do you navigate life, reach your goals, feel good, be happy and be confident and never have to worry about doing a program or restricting or dieting again. And the next episodes will probably be a little bit more organized. We were <laughs> yes. just we we're just letting you get to know us. Yeah, we're both um, a little. Uh, our minds go a hundred miles an hour all the time. So biggest opportunity in mine is multitasking, aka failing at multitasking because you, you can, can never, never multitask. Never well. multitask. So, but yeah, so we'll be back um, with our next episode. So stay tuned, and if you don't mind, please share this with a friend that would need to hear. Um, how to live a healthier lifestyle and leave us a five-star rating on all the platforms because we love you guys we love you and we will talk to you soon have a wonderful day